Nicky Dan's, Clinny T, Clinny Poo, Clinny T, back back on, back on another episode of Talk or Go Home. <laughs> I I'm love trying, how you go from highs trying, to lows. Well, I'm trying to play it cool, man, because yeah. you know I, I'm a cool podcast host. I'm cool, man. I feel like we should be in a uh, in a poetry thing with little bongos. We're a cool podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, like a like. What are they? What do you? What do the you call those? I don't know. I'm at a loss um, for words. A poetry jam. Okay, sure. Poetry jam, and they snap. Yeah. Instead of clapping, they snap their fingers. <laughs> cool man. Every time I think of that, I think of that scene in the Goofy movie yeah. or a Goofy movie, whatever <laughs> yes. it's called. You know, where that yeah. guy, that one guy with it's uh, uh oh gosh uh crawl. What's his name? Oh, what you talking about? The guy that plays him yes. or the character's name? Paul. Polly Shore. Paul, no, Paul Schaefer. Is it not Polly Shore? Hold on, we have phones. We can look this up. You're I thought about it was Polly Shore that was. Maybe it is Paul Schaefer. Polly Shore for uh, Buddy. Paul Schaefer is the 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 music guy for the Tonight Show. David Letterman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought who's Polly Shore? Shore? You don't know who Polly Shore is. Uh, I guess I don't. Paul Montgomery Shore is an American actor, comedian, and filmmaker, best known for his roles in several comedy films in the 1990s. Um, he he's the same character in every movie, but he um he he had a he had a good run there, like like it said there in the 90s. When did okay? No, that was him. It was him. Robert Bobby Zamersky <laughs> was the character that he played in a Goofy movie. Okay. See, I thought I thought that's who that was. By the way, a goofy movie has one of the best, one of the best, like penultimate in movie song performances of mm-hmm. any movie, in my opinion, ever. And that is "I to I" by who is that by? Let's see, Tevin Campbell and Rose Gaines. Um, I'll, I'll have to turn it down because we can't play it on the podcast because you know for copyright reasons. But "I to I" by Tevin Campbell and Rosie Gaines. Uh, it's on the the a Goofy Movie soundtrack. You can look it up on Spotify or Apple sure. Music. But that right there, that one right there, Clint. Have that, you ever heard that? Yes, I have. I to I, I to I, I to I. You better stop. You better stop. <laughs> well, I mean, if I sing it, it's not. Is it? No, I don't know. So, but yeah, that's the I, great. Great song, great yeah. song, great uh, movie. By the way, it is a good movie, and and I think I've made mention on the podcast before. Like when you're young, you're like, you know, come on, Goofy, be a cool dad. Let Max go hang out with his friends. Yeah. And then when you're older, you're like, come on, Max, your dad just wants to spend more time with you because yeah. you kind of see it from different perspectives. So that's that's, that's interesting deep. because I was I was talking to somebody the other day about movies and. Oh, I know what it was. It was Justin. I was Justin Williams had tweeted something out on Twitter about the song "Hotel California" by the Eagles. Yeah, you. you I actually start. I, I made him go into deep detail because he was talking yeah. about the the hidden meanings behind certain songs, and I was like, okay, we'll go in detail. And he was he talked about Hotel California, a bunch of others, I and a bunch remember. of others. I can't I can't yeah. think of right now. Sorry, Justin. 
Yeah, but it was a great tweet, but I didn't. Does Justin listen to this podcast? Absolutely, he does. Yes. Okay. Well, and and Justin, go, Justin Williams needs to be on this podcast. We're going to get Justin on for a special as episode, well as well as my my engineering friend from New York, Jonathan. He needs to be on this podcast. Yeah. Well, too. shout out to Jonathan. Jonathan, I want to meet you. Jonathan, I want you to know that if you come on this podcast and you get the approval from me. We will happily give you a Southern card. We will issue you your very own Southern well, card. Jonathan's very, very cool. He's yeah. very laid back and he's very funny. And it's it's like it's like my humor, honestly. Oh, that's good. So, like we we cut up a lot at work. You know, everybody's got Teams or some kind of instant messenger now. We'll yeah. we'll cut up and send you know just back and forth to each other. To just really just have no business being on any kind of corporate. Uh, it's an messenger, HR problem, but we we find them and we send them to each other just because that's, that's we went we down a severe rabbit hole. So let me get back to my original point. Okay, sorry, sorry. Jonathan. Sorry, Jonathan. So we were talking about or on there. He mentioned Hotel California mm-hmm. as being one of the songs that that changes. It sounds like you, I was you were a, doing something. I was in the process of looking up what he was talking about, and then I got sidetracked too. That's, Jonathan, that's how that happens. You. Yeah, rabbit trail, uh, rabbit hole, whatever you want to call. Oh, my thing isn't off. Oh, my phone. Um. Uh, oh, football stuff. So, what was I talking about? Anyway, so yeah, we were uh, Twitter California. conversation. Me, you, and Justin are having. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting at my desk. I think it's my planning period. I'm scrolling through Twitter as I see this conversation, and he mentions, "Hey, Hotel California, one of the Eagles' most famous songs." Right, Hook by uh, Blues Traveler. What else? Hallelujah uh, mm-hmm. and Imagine. I don't, I'm don't. i not familiar with uh, who sings Hallelujah. Am I missing that? I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm positive not familiar either. Which one he's talking but about, Imagine. Songs that have very different meanings at different stages in your life and on different playbacks. Mm-hmm. Different aspects of different playbacks at different parts in your life. And I think... I say all that to say, I think the same can be applied to movies. When you go back and you watch movies or you go back and you watch TV shows, you know, I'm going back right now and I'm re-watching the television show Lost that yes. premiered on ABC. How many it, years it, ago? Uh, 10, 11? 11 years ago, that's right. 11. 11 years ago. 11 was the finale anyway. 11 years ago, the finale aired. Yeah. So it ran for eight seasons. So Six. Six seasons. But so. there was a there was a weird weird season with a rider strike and it kind of that's right yeah, yeah i forgot so. that happened yeah the rider strike anyway so i say all that to say Walt! there are Sorry. there are a lot of harold Pirenew. <laughs> there are a lot of things culture wise culture references culture anchor points that we can go back and we use them as a culture reference, but also they're a reference for our perspective on the world sure. at that time in our life. And sure. and I feel like we can go back and listen to these songs, watch these movies, and our analysis of them, the way that they make us feel, is different because of what's happening in our life currently. But it also reminds us of what was happening to us at that previous stage in life when we watched it the first time or that second time. And I think that's something that's, I mean, that's just awesome. Like right now, I'm in the middle of watching, I think I'm in the middle of season one of Lost. And I've just gotten to the episode where they've just moved into the caves. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of a split amongst the group about... 
Be- beachers and cavers. Exactly. Yeah. Should we go to the beach? Should we stay on the beach, wait for rescue, or, or should we just go ahead and, and hunker down for the long term in the caves? And I can vividly remember watching that episode the first time as... Live. As a, yes, yeah. as a 11, 12, 13-year-old mm-hmm. and just being fascinated by this television show on ABC and what I was going through at that age in my life, what was happening. You know, I can I can visualize what my living room, what my parents' living room looked like mm-hmm. as I'm watching that episode. Because right. you know, back then we had to watch television shows live when they came out on that night. Because this was also when the first season of Lost came out. DVR wasn't widely not technically that yeah. was it was still sort of a high end technology that had yeah I think TiVo was about the only thing it was at the time. Yeah, and it, it hadn't hit. Or VCR, everybody had to do that. Well, see, we didn't have a VCR in the living room. We had VCRs in everybody's individual bedroom, but we didn't have one in the living room. So, yeah, I say all that to say that's just amazing to me. I'm sure there are a lot of people listening to this. They're like, you know, yeah, I've gone back and I've watched, you know, rewatched a Goofy movie or Pirates of the Caribbean or Forrest Gump. You know, a lot of movies that were staples at different stages of our life growing up sure. and then now have a different meaning. To us, I tell you one. Well, I'll, I'll piggyback that statement with this one. I don't like going back and watching movies that I thought were awesome twenty years ago. Yeah, and watching them now and go, Ugh, this, this. It's kind of it. like meeting your hero and yeah. finding out they're a really mean person, right? But I, I say, I, I say that, and I'm going to contradict that saying with. Not long ago, I watched the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and I know it's all Teenage Mutant Ninja Mutals. Yeah, those things. Um, and and I know reference. it's got the um, the styrofoam you know costumes and all that kind of stuff, and it's the weird animatronic lips and faces. Oh, I remember that. I get yeah. that. But as far as those original three movies went, the first one was the best. It had the best story, um, and and the story is what I want to focus on on this one because again, you know, when you're little, it's like all right, turtles are kicking butt. Yeah, whoa. There's a good story behind it. You're not that. paying attention to the, the narrative. No, yeah. no. But, you know, you watch it, you know, 20 years later, 30 years later. Gosh, I'm showing my age. Um, you, you watch this movie later in life, and you're like, man, that's a pretty good story. I mean, you've got, you know, a dad that's not there. You know, Splinter's kidnapped. Dad's not there. So you got these brothers just trying to find out how, how to go on about life because they think he's gone. Um, and then, you know, they, they learn more about themselves and about uh, about each other when he's not there. And at the end of the movie, obviously, they, they rescue him and find him. And, you know, it's just, it's, you know, what happens when, when you lose one? You know, you got four four brothers, four turtles. When, when one goes down, when Raphael goes down, um, you know, they're just kind of go their separate ways. But when he comes back, he gets better. They kind of bond back together. So he's almost like a glue that holds them all together. It's kind of deep. You start really thinking about it. Well, that's like a lot of people. Good movie, by the way. A lot of people, I feel like, in filmmaking – there's always look, I know English class was awful for a lot of people, but there are a lot of things in English class that when you apply them to movies and film, they can help you sort of better understand what the filmmakers were trying to do and what the movie's really about, you know, like theme. Like I hated talking about theme in English class. But looking at movies now, see, and that's another thing. If, if we had sort of practiced understanding thing with movies in English, I think I would have gotten the oh, concept sure. better. But not, looking not at theme, Shakespeare and plays, and exactly. Things like that. Which the course curri- curriculum forces the teacher to teach that. I understand that, but that doesn't mean you can't teach it anyway. So you find a cool way movies, to do it. yeah. 
But movies are something that's very interesting because there's a visual component to the storytelling process. That's one of the reasons I love Christopher Nolan. A lot of the times, the story is told through action, not not fighting action. What I mean is it's told through the physical movement or the physical expression of the actors and what the actors do in a scene. So, like, you can tell the one scene that I'll use as an example for that I think is just brilliant when it comes to nonverbal storytelling is the scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker is coming out of the hospital having just talked to Harvey Dent. Right. And pretty much convinced him to embrace his two faced persona. Mm -hmm. He's walking out of the hospital. They've got a busload of captive, innocent civilians. It's the people from the hospital. They're busing from the hospital because yes. the Joker's basically full-blown said, hey, I'm going to blow up a hospital. And they're trying to get and him out of there. And, out he of the chose hospital. this hospital. Anyway, so he's walking out, and sparks are flying, and he's getting ready to... He's pretty much pressed the button to blow everything up. But he's right. walking out, and it doesn't blow up on cue. Right. And so he he stops at the back of the bus, and he turns around, and he's, and he's just... He's just, you know, clicking the clicker. He's just, you know, he's just like, why is it? Why? And he's kind of looking at it. And then it blows up. And he kind of jumps and he just throws it down and hurries and gets in the bus. And the bus drives off. And then the, the air, you know, the camera kind of zooms out and right. shows the whole hospital blowing right. up. So that was an improvised scene. Originally, it was supposed to be blow up on, the, on, blow the, up on cue. On cue. It, he was just supposed to get in the bus and go off. But right. when that didn't happen. He stayed in character. Heath and, Ledger. And saw it through. Exactly. Heath Ledger saw it through. And I think. Because that was brilliant one of those, you only that. get one one shot too. Because I think they were actually demolishing a building. They that. were they were demolishing yeah. an old office building. Yeah. But what's interesting about that is that Heath Ledger he knew you know hey I need to stay in character blah blah blah. But the way that he stayed in character he didn't say a word in that scene right, right. no he didn't, he didn't say a word okay but his actions Sold told scene. us several things about his character. Mm -hmm. He stopped. He didn't get into the bus. He tried, he, he's like, what's going on? The Joker, in that moment, th that's what he would have done, right? Heath Ledger's Joker. Sure. Hold on, my plan's not going accordingly. Right. What the crap? I'm going to check, check everything. Hey, and then it, it works. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, it works. Scared the freaking crap out of me. Right. You know, he overreacts because he understands the Joker has sort of a chaotic personality. The Joker's sort of over the top. The Joker's going to react, overreact, you know, Obviously, yes, the building's blowing up. Who wouldn't react by right. a jump? But he does it in such a Joker-esque way right. that's already established in the film, in the language of the film, in the physical mannerisms of the film. And then he gets into he gets into the back of the bus. Even the way he walks, the way he walks out of that scene mm -hmm. tells us so much about, okay, obviously he has a really wide gait. It's really heavy. He he's had a hard life. He's lived a hard life. He's very scarred physically mm -hmm. and mentally, and so there's a lot of stuff that we can break down about that scene if we want to learn about the Joker. And I think that when we watch movies as a society, immediately what gets our attention is: is this going to be a fun movie? Is it going to be entertaining to me? But I feel like what's interesting is that a lot of good filmmakers. Mm -hmm can still put in a theme or a story that is incredibly meaningful, that still engages the audience and makes them think about the theme without them realizing that they're sure. thinking about the theme. 
And that's hard to do, man. I mean, that's so hard to do. Hey, so a goofy movie. That's all about growing up, right? Yeah. It's all about Max coming to terms with him being away and growing up and coming into his own and his relationship with his father. And it's about his father's relationship with his son. It's about Goofy coming to terms with the fact that Max is growing up, is growing up and will no longer be around anymore. Right. He's having to let go. And without Max's mom, you know, we don't... Disney never tells us the story ever. There. Yeah, like ever. ever. But obviously there was a mom there at one point. Had sure. to have been. Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to me as a kid watching that that I never really got that. I laughed at it. At all the weird, stupid humor, right? Right. That, that's what I was watching the sure. movie for. But it's if an adult... Exactly. But if an adult's watching that movie... They are thinking about those things that an adult thinks about, yeah. right? Get your they're, they're, heartstring a little bit. Absolutely, too. the Lion I mean, King. Night, you know, ooh. same thing. Whenever that movie came out, that got me. The Lion King makes me cry more every time I watch it because every time I I wait every a, a couple of years every time I watch it. At what point? So, though? what what's the what's the trigger for you? Well, there have been different triggers at different points. It's Mufasa every time. It's Mufasa. Well, well that's every that time. is a consistent yes. But okay, the moment when Rafiki has to go find Simba and he he's talking to Simba about and and Mufasa comes in the clouds. Right. They're at the pond or that, sure that little look pond. Like look exactly. And Mufasa's in the clouds right. and it's like and Simba doesn't want him to go and they're yeah. having this and that dude, that just Oh, that just gets to me, you know. Not not to turn it dark, lose a parent. And then yeah. watch that movie. Wow. Yeah. Lose a parent and watch that movie. Yeah. That, Great. God, such a you. good movie, man. That'll get you. I mean, such a good movie. And, you know, there are themes, sub-themes, motifs about dealing with responsibility, growing up, dealing with things that we don't want to deal with as adults, but that we have to deal with. You know, ultimately, Simba tried to run away from his father's death. Sure. And his role in his father's death. But he had to embrace it. He had to come to terms with... Well, and the his, lie that he was told to, his, that he yes. believed. So, you know, there's a lot going on there. There's a lot to unpackage for a six-year-old. Absolutely. You know, and it, it's a lot to unpackage for a 36-year-old. Yeah. But and Jeremy Irons, is it Jeremy? Yes. Will always be. He is the best scar. He will always be the best scar. I will fight anybody. I'm sorry, Chiwetel Ejiofor. I will fight but, anybody. What, what was about, it? Was I, it? I cannot stand the scar in, in the live-action remake of that. It is well-documented. On multiple platforms that I do not like that scar. And the fact that they tortured Be Prepared, the song. Yeah. That's my favorite song out of all of the soundtrack from the Be original. Be Prepared. Yes. Yeah. And they tortured it with him just talking it, you know, talking one verse of it. I love Chiwetelegi for Great actor. But yeah, it, to me, I don't. I don't know. They, I know they wanted a strong, powerful actor there to to voice well, you got, you got, Scar. You got, but how can you go from that. Jeremy Irons? Yes, man, that's just that's just a big role to fill, you know. But you got the voice of Mufasa back. Why can't you get the voice of Scar back? What yeah. What is that? Yeah. James Earl Jones is iconic in many, 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 many roles, notably Darth Vader. Well, and Darth Mufasa. Vader, yeah, yeah, but. You got him back, and he he voiced Mufasa as as rightfully he should. You should have got Jeremy Irons back, even if you change the song 
from from the original to what they did, but you have Jeremy Irons. I probably overlooked that a little bit. Yeah, I probably still say the animated's better. But I would agree with that. That to me, that guy singing it in the way that he did is just it. It didn't do it. For well, me. again, it's I not think not a fan. I think the director John Favreau wanted to go a certain direction. We wanted to make it his own. It's not just a remake. If he would have took that movie and and just taken the exact everything about it and said, okay, let's live action this exact movie. Yeah. I think it would have still been a good movie, but people would have been like, why did I pay this money to see this movie in theaters? I've got it at home. On well, they still got that criticism. People still said that. You know? Right. They right. still so, said I mean, that because it, it's, it's basically... It's six of one, half a dozen the other. Glass mm-hmm. half full, however you want to say it. But... To me, that that is the one thing that really killed that movie, in my opinion. Now, Timon and Pumbaa, I thought their you know the changing of the scenes that they did was pretty decent. Seth Rogen I, yeah. and uh, Billy Eichner. Yeah, um, you know when they changed up that whole um, front scene to Hakuna, uh, Hakuna Matata when you know he's talking about you know in the animated they they won't say farted. Yeah, and in the new one they say farted. I thought you were going to stop me. So I mean, it was it was pretty funny, a little different, you yeah. know, different times. You got got by with more now. Yeah, uh, yeah. but still. Yeah, I I think you know both of those films, the original and and the remake or reclassified version of The Lion King. They're great examples of those are pieces of culture hmm. of our you know the the fabric of society various strands of the fabric of society that change color so to speak hmm. uh, at different parts in our life and if you're older and listening to us right now i'm sure you you understand more than even i do or even clint does and and the other people that are younger i know a lot of people say that a lot of stuff their their perspective on the world changes when they have kids sure i hear a lot of people talk about I didn't cry as much before I had kids. I right. hear I hear people say that a lot, uh, which makes me feel bad because I cry all the time. <laughs> so, well, you're in for a treat then. Yeah, I can't wait. Like um, seeing seeing different things through through you know uh, your child's eyes or a child's eyes is completely completely magical too. You know, when you're growing up, Christmas is the end all be all of holidays. Oh yeah, Christmas, 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 and then you get a little older, and Christmas. It's still special, but it's not quite. It as becomes special. a lot of work. And then it becomes a lot of work, and that's also well documented on this podcast. Yeah, we've talked about it. But you know, Maze comes along. You know, Maze is getting ready to turn thirteen now, so it's getting to that not so magical stage, kind of for him. He kind of understands things that goes on, but he understands why things are the way they are. Also, yeah. Um, but you know, those first couple of Christmases, man, just how bright his eyes were, like when things went down and yeah. what he got and Santa brought this and everything. It's just, it's just awesome. Make your heart go through Oh the roof. gosh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. What's, what's, what was the hardest part for you about growing up? Uh, ooh. Honestly, the hardest part for me growing up was accepting death as a part of life. <laughs> God, this got really dark. Well, you asked, yeah. and I, thought, I didn't. I didn't know. Okay, at what moment did you fully realize that? Are you talking about like the concept of dying? Yes. The, uh, the, like you realized, oh crap, I'm going to die. 
Yeah, like, and I worried, like, how am I going to be remembered? I, I'm not, Joe. This okay, is how not, old were you? Uh, eight, nine. Oh my gosh, Clint, you're thinking about this as a nine year old. <laughs> well, I tell you exactly what happened. Okay, okay. So we were at home, and my neighbors across the road were were at they were across the road from each other. Okay, and they were just kind of talking instead of coming over and talking. They were talking across the road. No traffic on the road, really. Well, my dog decides to cross the road to my neighbor's house. So they're over there, and she's just kind of getting pet, whatever. Well, she walks back across the road, and the car comes out of nowhere and hits her, kills her, never stop, whatever. Yeah. Man, that was trauma. I was right there and saw it. It was yeah. traumatic. Had to bury her. Man, it killed, It crushed me. Like, yeah. you know, I, I lost my grandmother when I was five, you know, to unforeseen circumstances. And I, I'll, you know, that's not necessarily for here, but... Um, you know, that affected me when you're five, it's one thing, but when you're eight and you see it happen and just things like that, man, you start questioning a lot of things. And I would literally lay in bed at night wondering like, what happens when I die? Like not, not heaven or hell, but just what happens to my body? What happens to what people think about me? Do I, do I live on in some other way, form, shape, fashion? You know, will I be remembered as this? Will I be re- and I'm like nine thinking this. Wow. Yeah. And that is not that is that's not dark. a fabrication. I that's mean, that, dark. Yeah. Everybody wonders what's wrong with Clint. That's what's wrong with Clint. Yeah. Now we know why you're so <laughs> messed up. But yeah, y'all, if that, y'all that if y'all only part. could hear the real Clint, <laughs> y'all would understand how demented this individual is. Now we know. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah. So that, that was that was that was really the hardest part about growing up was was coming to terms with that because coupled with that is again losing a parent, losing losing friends, losing. You know, losing closeness with some friends, you know, you just, all that just kind of stacks on each other. And it's just kind of, whoa, it's just a heavy burden. And, I mean, that's that's real talk. I mean, you want a real talk, that's real talk. That's that's legit, like, the thing that I struggle with growing up the most, honestly. And that was consistent throughout your adolescence? Yeah, a bit. On into having a kid? Well, eventually, I kind of, I guess, understood kind of how the world was working, and I didn't really ponder on it so much but at the time man it and and, and i can trace it back to that one dramatic event honestly 100 percent. what was the dog's name prissy <laughs> she was a black lab and she was the best black lab i ever well the second best it was one that come along and took her spot but mm-hmm. prissy prissy and i didn't i don't know if it was one of those she was always around yeah, and like you know how kids when they live kind of on on highways they want to try to get out to the road she would get out in front of us and knock us down and make us go back to the house like she was super protective mm-hmm. she's a great dog great dog prissy bless her heart yeah yeah I've, yeah, Ooh, yeah. It, was, it was it was nasty too because it was a low riding car it's like oh, a Camaro God, don't go into details no no don't no go I mean, into but details. just like how this guy doesn't know he's hit a dog I don't know yeah like, cause it was a low, low to the ground. So car. it was a hit and run. It was a hit and run. Have you like, ever hit and run a dog? Uh, yes. That's a yes. That's yeah. a yes. It's it's a technical thing. The dog hit me. Okay. And then, <laughs> separate from that, also caused a dog to get hit once before too. But Gosh, anyway. I was riding a bicycle, dog takes off barking at me, and he's paying attention to me, not paying attention to the car coming, and runs out in the road, and and it scares me to death because now I'm having flashbacks. I was probably 11 at the time. I'm having flashbacks. I'm like, 
I'm going home. I'm going home. I'm not looking back. I'm not stopping. Clint, I'm you, going home. Gosh, Clint, don't let any dogs get around you near well, the road. Then over where close to where Hammy lives, I had one run out barking at me, and yeah. it couldn't like it got on the pavement, couldn't stop, and like slammed into my my wheel, like the side of the wheel. Yeah. And it kind of rolled, and I looked in the rearview mirror, and it got up, kind of scampered off. So I didn't like. That's the only time I've ever actually hit a dog. Yeah, but it, it happened. Mickey slapped a horse with his car, with his truck one night. We were coming home from the St. Clair County basketball tournament. Yeah, and there was a horse on the side of the road, and we didn't realize I was in the passenger seat. He and this truck was two or three years old. And this horse just comes up out of nowhere, right across from where Skip lives, mm-hmm. and just boom! We just hear a massive just in the like to the right of the vehicle. I look up and I see just this face. It's almost like this horse's face was just hovering there, but and then just bam! Like a second later, the mirror, the tow mirror, slaps the absolute fire out of <laughs> this horse. I mean, I'm talking about a 100 percent. Just be was it his horse or was it just a, just a what was, was it was it Skip's horse? Oh, I, we don't know whose horse it was. Oh, but he slapped the fire out of it. We stopped, and the mirrors all torn up. Like that's how hard. Like we were going probably fifty miles an hour. Wow. When, <laughs> when he slapped this horse Speed with his mirror. Speed fifty-five, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't speeding, so it was. Uh, never saw the horse. Never stopped the truck. Got out, went looking for the horse, couldn't find it. So, wow. yeah. I mean, absolutely slapped the fire out of this horse. And and I've I've hit a dog before, and it's traumatic. It's absolutely traumatic. Well, I hit, I hit, I hit a deer in my old truck, and it didn't hurt it. It's just, it, I was going, the speed limit was 45. I was probably going 30, 35. It was kind of late yeah. at night, and I knew it was deer season. They, they kind of move. And I'm just kind of going down the road. Again, the same road Hammy lives on. And out of nowhere, this this doe jumps out in front of me, and I hit it, and like I hit it, and then I stop. Yeah. So it's like it slings the deer out in front of me. Yeah. And I get out and check, and sure enough, it it killed it. And I called and see if anybody wanted it because I, you know, nobody wanted it. Well, that's so what you do around here. But yeah, it is. Yeah. But I just so it was, it was small, but it didn't do any damage. I think it knocked out a headlight. I had to get yeah. a headlight replaced. Nothing major. But I will tell you one uh, funny story. So my mom was bringing me to my eighth grade orientation because at the time eighth grade was here at the high school. So we're coming down the old Chipper Mill Road. And, and for you people that are listening to this, either you know what we're talking about or you have no idea and you're just making fun of what we call roads around here. But uh, anyway, we're coming down the old Chipper Mill Road and we're coming toward the school and we're in a, and we're in a Ford Ranger, a single cab Ford Ranger. So Ford Ranger! Sorry. Mom, mom's driving, Ranger. my sister's in the middle, and I'm... On the other side, spit everywhere. Closest to closest to the door. Yeah. Well, I turn. I'm looking at mom, and I see past mom, and there's a hill. You know where that hill is on that straightaway. I see this doe start coming out, and I just holler, "Mom!" And she kind of turned and looked at me, just real serious, like, "What?" And all of a sudden, this deer just ran straight into us. Kind of the same thing you were talking about. So the head kind of hit the windshield, busted the windshield, and where the head hit, the front shoulder hit, kind of in the front quarter panel. And then the rear end come around, and right where the door closes, the rear end hit. You know why I know it's the rear end? Because there was there was there was poo there. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There was there was deer to, there was deer poo right deer where the, scat. yeah right yeah. where the um, right where the door closes at so it, y'all got pooped on yep well the truck did we did yeah but yeah it uh, so something very similar happened to me uh, two, on two separate occasions one I was coming down twenty three from Springville back home to Asheville and there were I had people in the car with me when this happened it was kind of late at night about nine thirty at night and well, maybe ten o'clock at night and. This buck just out of nowhere, right as we pass thirty one, that mm-hmm. intersection, it literally just runs into the side of my car. Yeah, like I saw it coming through the pasture. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, it's gonna turn away or not? And I slowed down, but as I slowed down, it slowed down, and so we kind of met, and he ran. We met so so that he ran into my the driver's side door. Really, horns at all. So I'm like, oh crap! He he's punctured the car, right. you know, and he hit the car, fell down, got up, ran off. So I I stopped the car, get out, look, you know, he he scratched the car, nothing bad. But then I had another instance. I was on my way to work, and this was probably six fifteen in the morning. I'm on my way to school, and one of the bus drivers is behind me, and she's running late, so she's riding my tail, and I'm hurrying. Well, on a certain part of my drive going through Shoal Creek Valley, there's massive field hay fields on either mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Yeah. And on the right side I notice okay, there's a deer. There's a doe and it's just you know, prancing. But it's prancing at an angle toward me like this. Yes, yeah, so, you're so if I'm going straight, it is at a, you know, forty five degree angle to my right. Mm-hmm. A 45 degree acute angle to my my right not obtuse so uh, so y'all gonna converge yes and, and so I'm like okay I'm gonna slow down well as you slow well, down well it slows down or actually no it, it doesn't slow down but it makes a, it starts to turn sharper left and by gosh if we do not if I do not I'm going probably 15 miles an hour at this point the bus driver that's trying to get to work like I am is on my rear end yeah and i just boom hit it at like 15 or 20 miles an hour i had been going probably close to 50 miles right. an hour and i'd slowed down to about 20 and i just boom well i hit it so that i, I drive a honda crv so my front end is sort of high because it's a high sitting suv crossover whatever you want to call it and it's it slings the deer probably 20 to 25 feet down the road and it just gets up and then prances off. Like and I'm like, how, been, how, like, nothing ever happened. How 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 did it survive that? I don't know. I say the same thing, and you're going to experience this with loss. I'm sure you remember. Uh, I say the same thing about birds running into doors, you know, glass or whatever. Oh yeah, I hit, I hit, I yeah, I hit birds all the time. I don't, I don't swerve for anything. Like if there's either. a if there's a squirrel 
So look, a lot of people is going to say, oh my gosh, I can't believe that. So here, here's my ordeal. Either I'm going to swerve into oncoming traffic to miss a squirrel, or I'm going to wreck my vehicle into a ditch because of a squirrel. Now, if that squirrel is dumb enough not to get out of my way, you know, I'm, I might take, off, might take my foot off the gas. I'm not braking hard or anything like that, but I, I don't swerve. I mean, if it's a straightaway and I don't see any oncoming traffic, I'll try to swerve, but I'm not gonna. It's a I'm not gonna swerve. I'm not gonna slam the brakes. I'm not gonna, you know, like yeah, I'm not gonna cut the myself, wheel. I'm not gonna put myself in danger because I've yeah. seen too many times where people's done that, rolled, flipped, exactly. been ejected from vehicles, exactly. trying to dodge a squirrel. But yeah, so growing up, um, that uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that. That's something that I think, you know, when you go when you talk about the whole okay, life's got to end conversation or concept, that is something that's a very adult thing that you have to yeah. deal with. And as a kid, it's not that you don't know it's there, but you just sort of are like you it's blissful ignorance, right? You're sure. just sort of kind of ah, da, 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 you know, I'm worried about. You know, I remember like as a kid thinking $100 was a lot of money. Yeah. You know, it ain't nothing. Um, inflation's also taking <laughs> that, care of some that's, of that, that's, but that's true. That but is true. You know, it's it's not. I remember thinking to myself, "Wow, a thousand dollars—that's a lot of." You know, it's not a lot of money. I mean, it, it, sure, could it help scheme. a lot of people? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, but in the grand scheme of it all, when you're buying, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar home, three hundred thousand dollar home, thousand dollars ain't a whole lot. Yeah, it's you know, a, when you're buying a, a fifty thousand dollar car, twenty thousand dollar car, it's not a. You know, it, it, you like to think that it is. Yeah, but I mean, even now you still think that it kind of is, but at the same time you're like, well, that doesn't go very far. Exactly. You can get rid of it like that. Oh, 100%. And like, Three trips to Walmart. Ex- oh, 100%. And, and that was one of the things Dad always did. Dad would never break a $100 bill unless he absolutely had to. Yeah. Because if you carry around those large bills, you're less apt to spend it exactly. on something yeah. frivolous like a stick of gum or a Coke or something like that. Whereas if you got a twenty, it's like okay, it's not that it doesn't hurt as much. Um, same thing with like debit cards and stuff. People will swap whatever for a debit card now because it doesn't hurt like spending money does. Yeah, you know, if handing I handing that cash over is a different yeah. psychological feeling than than swapping that yep. debit or credit card. Exactly, it makes you wonder if like how how much of that went into this whole process of where we're at today. Is like well, psychologically, it doesn't doesn't hurt them to you know swap this credit card. So. Credit card companies are, hey, this credit card, this credit card, you know, regardless of the percentage. And, I mean, there's a whole financial system based on that. I worked about. on a music video about credit cards. Really? I did. I shot and I shot or I directed and produced a music video about credit cards. I didn't write it. I didn't write it. I, Where I, is this I, video? It's somewhere on YouTube. Okay. It's it's credit card by a group called Parabolas. I there you go. There's my recommendation. <laughs> parabolas, yeah. And then there was a sequel to it called Parabolas or Parabolas? Parabolas. Okay. Like P A R A pair of ballers. B A L L A S. Or they were a math rap group. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know how nerdy Nick was? <laughs> no, 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 no. I hate math, by the way. I'm going on record as I, uh, I do. Math. I, hate I math. love math. Yeah. I absolutely, I mean, I teach history. It's like I'm, I was born to hate math. But <laughs> no, I, so context, they, these guys rapped in their free time. They were teenagers and they were, they had a, they got an assignment in their algebra class to, Make a some sort of video about math, 
and a song and they'd get like bonus points or you know it would take the place of their final exam or whatever and so they came to me and said hey do you want to direct this and i said absolutely and so we sat down and planned it out and this is college no well i was in college they were in high school here yes here in the building that we're sitting in oh okay so I'm not going to tell you who was in it, but you can look it up. You know them. Um, anyway, and so they sit down and write it, you know, make the song, produce the song, all that good stuff. And I sit down and I plan out the whole music video. And it was fun. It was it was a really good time. We shot it up here in the stadium. And there was a sequel that sort of played on the first song, too. And it was because uh, they, they had another opportunity to do it again. And... Uh, Spell it again. The P- song? P-A-R-A. P-A-R-A dash B-A-L-L-A-S. Okay, I put a Z in it. Like parabolas, but parabolas, because there were two of them. And they were rappers, so they were ballers. And, that was and a pair, what's so the name a, of the music joke. video? Credit Karma. Either Credit Karma or Credit Card. I can't remember. It, it was It was a fun shoot. Hayden Coker was CC. That's it. Yeah, let me see. Card Gucci Gang remix. Yeah, the Gucci Gang remix. Let me see it. It's at the football field. Let me see it. Does it have like three thousand views? Uh, two point nine k three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. Yeah, is there a? So there's guys. It's a real thing. Go look it up. There's not a right after this. There's not a description on it. But my, you, if you look at it, my name's not associated with it. Like if you if you play the video, it's it. it's directed by what does it say? It's direct. Who does it say it's directed? Credit by? Karma. You'll see featuring it. CC. Yeah, White Cheddar. That's me. Directed and produced by White Cheddar. That's me. Wow. Okay then. Now that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> That is an episode in itself. Yeah. I'm not going to tell y'all why, but that was my... I had a lot of nicknames in high school, but that was one of them. Um, and so I decided, you know, I don't really want my name... <laughs> Associated with I that? No, no, it's not that. I, I don't want so I don't, bad. I don't want my name to, like, impede these guys... Th- th- their project. Oh, I don't want because you're such no, such no, no, a no, highfalutin no. guy. See, I shouldn't now. say. I shouldn't See, there say it is. <laughs> no, like I, I wanted to kind of play or like have a role in the fun. Right. You know what I mean? You wanted to be Saul Goodman. You didn't want to be Jimmy, whatever his name is. I, I I just wanted to be a character in the whole production, sure. so to speak. And so, if your character is White Cheddar, then it's White Cheddar. It is, and it's a throwback to me in high school too. You know, they were in high school. Da 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 da. So, because we all took on pseudonyms mm-hmm. for the video. Mm-hmm. I think one of them's name was Lil Rilla. Okay. Lil Rilla. And then one was Dennis. Dennis. <laughs> Lil Rilla. And Dennis. That, was, that was my idea. I'm like, okay, we've got this Lil Rilla character, and he's like really over the top. And you can see it in the video. He's really over the top. He's wearing fake dreads and fake tattoos, face tattoos and fake glasses, and he's just real over the top. And then there's this Dennis character who kind of balances him out, and he's very down-to-earth, wears normal clothes, looks like a normal kid. Looks like so, Zach Galifianakis. Yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. He, oh, yeah, yeah I've, honestly, I've yeah. I've not seen it yet. So, so yeah, it's, a, it, it's, it's a, really, a really cool deal. And in speaking of things that have different meanings, going back and watching them at different points in your life, when we made that, it was just something fun, but looking back on it, now I actually watched it not too long ago. The math teacher that took that 
as an assignment, as a replacement grade for their final exam. She shared it on Facebook two or three weeks ago, and I went back and watched it and sort of remembered the fun that we had filming it. And it was before I'd graduated college, before I I had to get a real adult job and all that good stuff. And so, again, going back and thinking in that mode from that guy's perspective that actually shot and directed and produced that video, it's like, man... How ignorant were you, dude? What is it about that time frame where teachers were like, okay, we're going to do a video? Because we had to do a Spanish video, and we busted up into groups, and there's four or five of us in a group, so we had to do a Spanish video. And I was in two At a di- Wendy's Super Bar? No, not not that time. Um, okay. So our group had to do a, a, a Spanish video. Justin Williams had a group that had to do a Spanish video. We had to do a government video for Miss Butts. By the way, are these videos still around? They are somewhere. They have been seen since Justin, high school, but if I don't you have know them, where they're at. Justin, if you have them, I need to say that. Somewhere, Justin Williams has got, I the think, his. Spanish? Oh, yes. Okay. Are you in that one? Uh, Yes, I am, because we uh, we <laughs> we did these commercials. So the, so the synopsis of the assignment was make a commercial and, and basically dub it in Spanish. Whatever you're trying to say. Uh, one of Justin's, are you, one of Justin's was he was, um, I think it was Neosporin. He's doing a Neosporin commercial <laughs> in Spanish. In Spanish. Okay. So the the story behind this commercial was we we showed up at the local city park, and Justin Williams choke slammed me from the top of the monkey bars onto the ground, and on the ground was a like a rather large painter's canvas, probably the size of of this here. And he put thumbtacks on it. So I got choke slam some six feet off the ground, eight feet off the ground probably onto thumbtacks. <laughs> y'all were so, y'all are idiots, man. Well, after like, we that shot is, that commercial, oh, oh, oh. after like, we what? shot that commercial, uh, up where City Hall is, yeah. where, where the soccer fields and everything, there's a little walking track. Well, part of the walking track, there's some trees there. Yeah. And one of our commercials was a Band-Aid commercial. So we sang the Band-Aid song in Spanish. And then off screen, as we, you know, stuck on band-aids because germs don't stick on me, whatever. Off screen, you can see me looking over. And Justin has that same painter's canvas and comes up and just whacks me in the head as hard as he can on camera. And, like, I break Spanish character. I'm like, Justin, I think you knocked me out. <laughs> and I hold my head and, and everybody's Y'all should have done, like, an awesome co-production. Oh, goodness. You know, because, like, those are very similar products yeah. that are usually used together. Y'all should have come up with, like, some sort of creative way to, like, to, to market both and create different videos, but sort of with the same setup or something. That would have been really cool. Well, Justin did one. Which was... it sounds like you almost did that. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we, we, we shared some some similarities there but Justin also did one where he had these bubba teeth and a like a like a flannel shirt and he come out speaking real real southern drawl with with his Spanish oh gosh air parlay latillo la cucaracha los pantalones yeah exactly exactly los frijos <laughs> So those, oh, those awesome. videos are so they're not on YouTube. This predates YouTube. Yeah. So, but these were actual video tapes that we had to do up. Um, one of those videos, I broke my grandmother's camcorder because it was a, it was a camcorder. It was the it big was a, one. Yeah, shoulder rig. Yes. Yeah. And I broke it, and I had to pay for it, and it was like two hundred bucks for me to get it fixed. Ooh. As a senior in high school. 
So there was that too. But good times, man. Good, great times. See what I think when when I think about growing up, I think one of the hardest things for me to come to terms with was that the people that I looked up to, parents, teachers, growing up, you you sort of are able to analyze the implicit mm-hmm. and figure out that not everybody's perfect. You know, no, they're all making it up as they go along. That's the thing I've learned as a parent. They, my parents, made it up as they went along. Yeah, well, it's like you figure out that sometimes the people that you really look up to and are really inspired by have really serious flaws. And yeah. coming term, coming to terms with those, realizing like some of your teachers are are vengeful some of your you know your parents are maybe they've made wrong decisions you're like why would they make this decision you know when it comes to family or when it comes to a certain personal situation and and that to me is the is one of the most gut-wrenching things because it's it's taking you from this blissful I don't want to say ignorant, but this just blissfully unaware well, state. Well, it is ignorant because you don't know any better. Yeah, it, it, this blissfully unaware state of just joy. Sure. And you're so optimistic. You're so passionate mm-hmm. about everything, about everybody. And the world comes and show you its cold, dead eyes. Yeah, and, and you, and you and can sort it of... it all away. And you're just, I don't know, it's, it's like a big disappointment. It's yeah. just one giant just sigh of disappointment and I don't know that for me that was really hard to kind of get over and I I don't want to go into specifics because I know that some of the people that I'm talking about anyway I I don't I don't want to go into (laughs) into specifics but I'm not and I'm not talking about Murphy but (laughs) sorry Murph I know you thought I was talking about you but I'm not so it's just it's hard you know it's hard to kind of crap they're adults too they have vices they have sins they mess up they have they make mistakes and sometimes they make those mistakes and they don't care that they've made those mistakes they went out or they're just completely just not so much they don't care they just they're they're ignorant to the fact that they've made a mistake they just think that they're they're doing something the right way and like you disagree like wow i don't i don't agree with why don't i agree with that usually we agree on everything right you know, your parent tells you to do something. You're like, okay, I'm doing it. Yeah, sure. sure. That's the best. That, they're telling me what to do. Sure. That's the best thing to do. Even if I want to act like it isn't the best thing to do, it's got to be the best thing to do because they're my parent and yeah. they know everything. Yeah. No. Not not the case. Just what it's it's the best thing to do at the moment that moment in time. Yeah. yeah. Or what they think. And honestly, the the best thing to do is usually the safest thing to do. Yeah. Is usually what it might not be the right thing to do necessarily, but it's probably usually the safest. Yeah, and that's it's almost an error on the side of caution. And again, that's why I say we make it up as we go. Yeah, I do. I certainly do. See, that's something that, I mean, even as a teacher, this is I'm not a parent, so I can't empathize with you there. From another parental perspective, but as a teacher, I can empathize with you because I'm gonna be straight up with you. There's a lot that we as educators just have to make up oh, because sure. there's no time for. Nope. I mean, there there are there is time and there are resources, but. Not for whatever the reason, the system and the state choose to to you not know, give you either. Yeah, to not to not give you to not have these answers ready, or to not 
have prepared you in this certain way. And so you're just kind of expected to just, hey, you just kind of got to go do it. You know, people don't, we're not given our lesson plans. Right. We kind of just have to make it up sure. and plan it out and fit it together however it goes. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. There, there are times or? where I've completely winged a lesson, as in I thought of it, you know, the, that day, sure. and it came out brilliantly like it worked better than i could have ever have hoped for and then there are times where i spent weeks planning this awesome lesson that i was going to do you know that was going to do all of these different things and engage all these different students in in all these different ways and it just kind of fell flat on its face but yeah i mean you kind of make it up you have to make it up as you go you have to learn on the job and that's awful i know parents that y'all expect better from your education system but you got to realize too when you're paying teachers the amount of money that you're paying them, you're going to get what you pay for. Anyway, so. Well, to make you feel better, that's that's the case with almost any job you do. Oh, no doubt. From, yeah. I, mean, I know you've taught, and that's kind of been it for the most part, but. I, that's been it from a adult with a college degree sure, standpoint, yeah. Sure, but, I mean, shoot. I can't tell you the number of things. I just have to wing and just make it work just because, we're. I mean, any production of dog talk or bulldog tv just make it work <laughs> well, i mean that's so when i was in operations with auburn football even though i was a student they at that time i thought i was going into that full time and so i was treating it like I, a career and the dfo at the time was treating me like i was a semi full-time individual and so was the video coordinator and so i would i was doing tasks that a full-time person would do mm-hmm. in handling small situations that a full-time person would do and and that's how I you grow of, and get that experience i mean well, cause if you just yeah, go I, to your part-time schedule you don't get to do probably half the things you ended up doing and oh, no. therefore you never know about them if i'd stuck to my schedule that i was supposed to like, like my minimum schedule i wouldn't have gotten the experience that sure. i got but i had to make a lot of it up as i went along i got basic directions but how do I execute this? You how do I interpret that? that? Exactly. You know, how, so that those are the things that helped me grow up a lot. And my, and that's how most jobs are. Your boss just goes, "Hey, I need this by this time," or "What I need you to do this," and you're like, "Okay, um, hmm, okay, what do I need to do?" And that's why problem solving is huge. You oh. know, learning how to problem solve is huge, man. And, Critical and thinking. Yeah, and I don't know how much time we have, but I had that exact situation. I mean, that exact thing come up today. Um, We've got a we've got a um, an inspector, well, a QC uh, person that was answering to an operations manager. Which, if you live in any kind of QC world, that's a no no. Quality control, right? Yeah. So, anytime you know, operations and quality are two different things. They work individually, but they work together. But operations is not more than quality, and quality is not more than operations. Well, he was her direct supervisor. Yeah. The the operations manager was. So we had to make that change today um, because of HR things, whatever. I and mean, it's been this way for several years. It's just, it's not really been a conflict of interest, but if you really look at it, it is. Um, anyway, we made that change today and it led us to thinking, okay, well, how does she go about doing her job now? Because it's, she's not working under this person anymore, but She's still got to get the information from this person, but it not seem like she's working underneath them. So um, it, it's just it's just one of those things where you have to kind of go on the go. You have to talk it out. You have to plan it out. You know, t- 
talk to different people and figure it out as you go and come up with a solution. And that, that exact thing happened today. That's so I'm the boss of two people now. They that's should awesome. be very, very scared. That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, it's like, you know, when I say boss, I'm the supervisor of. So when they when those guys when those kids come in your classroom and they sit down and they're just looking at you and you're just like, Oh, okay. You're a I'm, teacher, you know stuff. Teach I'm, us. I'm responsible for your education. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> there, it it can be a little overwhelming if you think about it. So, Mr. Wilson has a headache, so let's all take a five minute nap. <laughs> gosh, I can't tell you how many times I wish I could have done that. And I'm going to be honest with you, you know, there are days where you just kind of, you just have to get through the day, even as yeah, teachers. Survive you just, it. You just, survive you it. You have to get yeah. through it. Yep. Um, T- tomorrow's a new day. Just always move forward, though. So. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I feel like we've been talking for a while, so do we need to get out of here? We do need recommendations. Okay. So, go ahead. What's your recommendation? So, um, my first recommendation was because of the, 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 the current uh, state of workplace uh, lack of workplace individuals right now was for everybody to go get a job. I got it thinking about it. Like, well, maybe that's not the, the, the correct way of me doing this. So <laughs> I'm going to suggest that when people, when people go out and they get their dinner or get their stuff, you know, and somebody's having to help them and everybody's short staffed. And by the time this comes out, it's probably still going to be the same situation. So, Everybody's short-staffed. Look at it from a different a different perspective. And if you get a chance to tip these people, tip them. Tip them well because they're having to put up with a bunch of crap. There's there's a lot that's probably working double shifts, uh, having double, you know, tables to wait on, you know, with more and more people going out to, to, uh, to eat. And, you know, tip them well. Now, I say all that also to say something that probably should have went on our uh, last episode about what kind of, ticks us off and gets on gets on our nerves we went out to lunch today for for a birthday and there were seven of us well the place that we went there there they state specifically that if there's a party of six or more the gratuity is 18 percent. yeah okay i get that what grinds my gears about that is bare minimum if you give me just very average service i'm usually going to tip 20 percent because it's just a lot easier figure for me to figure up my head on the go yeah and if you give me outstanding service, it's probably going to be more than that. Um, but if you tell me that you're going to make me pay 18% off the top, then that's all you're going to get. And I don't know why that is. Are you like that when it comes to that? If you, if I, if you go somewhere, say you go to McDonald's, okay, and you spend $10 on a, on a meal or $8 on a meal, you know, the, the combo meal, and it said, well, we're going to charge you a $2 tip. No matter what, that's that not, not that's not the point of the tip, right? In my opinion, right. That's just not the point. I understand why they do it. I understand I do, why, because why they're applied, having to wait yeah. on seven people at one time. Exactly. That's a lot. I mean, you, you just increase the workload. You know, the moment you walk through the door. Excuse me, and I and I get that. I really do. But if they wouldn't do that, I probably would have tipped those. Well. It wasn't on me. I mean, the company paid for it because it was a birthday meal. And oh, somebody else okay. And yeah, now um, we figure it out. Yeah, but uh, cheapskate. I I didn't swap the card. It wasn't my card. That was so easy to swap because psychologically, it's easier to swap a card yeah, than it is pay cash. You made the company pay for it because you're a cheapskate. I say I, I didn't make the company do anything. I was yeah. invited, and somebody else somebody else paid yeah, for it. One sure. of the other parties. Uh, yeah. One of the other people in our party. Supervisor. Paid for it. A supervisor. A his supervisor. supervisor. Not yes. your supervisor. Not my supervisor. Yeah. So, yeah, tip well. Oh, okay. That's, so, that's, that's my, the that's end my, of it. Okay. Yeah. That's the end of that. All right. 
My recommendation is a recommendation that you're going to hate, but that I'm still going to recommend. Is is this this dumb song? <laughs> yes. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. So I'm out. I'm walking out. I want everybody to. Some of you will find it funny. Some of you will think it's incredibly stupid. Clint thinks it's incredibly stupid. It's kind of funny, and then it gets really, really repetitive because literally he says the same twelve words over and over and over. So it's a song called "Parked Out by the Lake" by Dean Summerwind, which is a pseudonym. It's a nom de pleur, and it's just freaking hilarious. So it's a joke. It, it wasn't intended to make fun of anything. He wrote it kind of as a joke, just to see how how far he could take the song. Right. And it, it is. It, it is a song that literally uses the same phrasing of words over and over again, but it's it's just funny. You know, when I, when I let Murphy listen to it, I thought he was about to crap himself because he laughed so freaking hard. And I mean, when I first heard it, I laughed incredibly hard too. So that's my recommendation, Parked Out by the Lake by Dean Summerwind. It's on Apple Music, Amazon Music, or Prime, whatever it's called. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, all that. Go check it out incredibly hilarious it's just so stupid it's funny that's yeah. that's ultimately what it is and i encourage you to go listen to the interview that bobby bones did of the guy that actually sang it his real name is dustin christensen mm-hmm. go and listen to that interview great interview they talk about all the intricacies of it but yeah that's my recommendation See, i didn't know this was a sh- i didn't know this was a work like it being completely fabricated just to be funny and, and all that. So that makes it a little bit better. Oh, yeah. It was done as a joke. Complete it's still joke. a terrible song. See, but here's Our the thing. Down by the lake. The that folk. lake on outside of Albuquerque. Santa or Fe. Santa Fe. <laughs> 80 miles outside of Santa Fe. Which lake am I talking about? The one outside of Santa Fe. I are, mean, that's, are you done? That's the song. Are you done now? So, <laughs> so yes. He he's just he's just a sourpuss. He doesn't he doesn't he, he says he's a man of comedy, but he doesn't appreciate it. But this w- this is very divisive. I will say some people find it funny, some people don't. I find it uh, I find it more humorous now now that I know the backstory of it. Yeah, yeah. But it's still a stupid song. <laughs> Look, it, the music does is well produced. It's is produced by Miranda Lambert's producer, and his voice is actually really good. Yeah, it's not, it, he, he has a really good voice. If he would go and sing actual country songs. He does. He, he does have actual back. albums and country. But this was just a joke that they just... Well, this this is a major, major turnoff for me to go and look well, at. Well, you're also very weird when it comes to music. I'm very weird when it comes to country music. Anyway, we're not yeah. getting on that tangent on this episode. Well, it we, is my the next goal time for we this have, season not to get on this tangent. Well, that ain't going to happen. I know. That ain't going to happen because you know the next time that Murphy's is on, we're going to have... He's going to sing this song. He's going to... He's, we're going to make him sing this song. Yeah. So he's going to come back. Before we get out of here, have you ever, have we ever had a recommendation that was, <laughs> had a recommendation that was retracted? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think we're about to have one. Uh, are you going to retract one? I'm going to retract a recommendation. Okay. Well, let me guess. It's something that you started watching and hadn't finished yet when you recommended it. And now you've finished it and you're like, oh, God, that was bad. No, no. Almost, though. So. Several episodes ago, I recommended the, the Mighty Ducks yeah. remix that's coming back, and I've watched the ones that's out so far. They could have done the same crapping thing with a three-hour movie and been, been over with. I've wasted at least seven hours of my life. So are you retracting the recommendation? I'm retracting the recommendation. It's not been bad. So it's, it's cheesy good. Yeah, well, it's che- it's like Disney Channel cheesy. Right, yeah. right. But, and that's exactly what it should have been. It should have been a Disney Channel something-something, you know, 
it's it's youth league hockey about a bunch of rejects that make up a team, and you know at the end of the day they beat the the big bad wolf and put them in their place. Now there's a little bit more to it than that, but that's that's the gist of it. Retracted, retracted. Okay, yeah, I wasn't gonna watch it anyway because I I I just you kind of knew what it was gonna be. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess in a way I knew what it was gonna be as well. Being that here's why I didn't plan on watching it. I like my cinema and my film to be high, not high minded, but I like it to to make me think a little bit, yeah, which is that, I think is why it's so Christopher Nolan-y. And I I don't have a lot of nostalgic connection to the Mighty Ducks. I didn't see it until a couple of years ago. I didn't see it when really? I was young. Yeah, so oh, I, I love the first two. The third one I can do without. But see, I haven't even seen the second or the third one, so it's just like, eh, whatever. The second one, the, the majority of the team becomes the junior Olympic representatives for hockey, and they pick up uh, Keenan Thompson with his knuckle puck, and they represent Team USA, and they're getting schlacked uh, by the Ice Icelandic, the Icelandic people, yeah. I guess Iceland. Anyway. Um, so at halftime they they changed the jerseys to the Mighty Ducks jersey because there's nothing in the rule book that says they can't do it, and they win against the Iceland people, Icelandic people. Why Iceland? I don't know. Why not like Russia? But you know they did the exact or same China. thing. They did the exact- China. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know. Uh, but you know they basically did the exact same thing because they go to college in the third one and they're part of a team. And they get their scholarships revoked, and Gordon Bombay gets them reinstated, and they basically play the varsity. They're the junior varsity for the college, and they play the varsity, and they have a wager that if the junior varsity beats the varsity, that they would change their name, uh, change the logo to the Ducks or something. It's the same thing in a different. different what about code. what about that name, Gordon Bombay? That's the greatest name, movie character name, of all time. Gordon Bombay. That's pretty good. That is classic, man. <laughs> classic 90s. Yeah. What's your name? Gordon Bombay. Gordon Bombay, I'm the coach of the Ducks. Gordon Bombay. Coach Bombay. And can I say one more thing? Like India? No. In I think in all of like media, Bombay. the the Joker is the best bad guy in all of media. Absolutely. 100% agree. We're going to leave it there, though. Okay. we got to leave it there because we're okay. running out of time. So, And I'm eating Cheerios. So, Yes, you're eating a random bowl of lunchroom Cheerios. Guys, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. We enjoy it. Go ahead, like, subscribe. If you're on social media, like, follow. Uh, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on whatever platform you're on. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, we like to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Go ahead on social media, leave us a comment, give us some suggestions, whatever you want to do. We review the podcast. We'll do better on it. social oh. media. We haven't done very well. No, we <laughs> haven't. That's Clint's job, and he's about to get fired. <laughs> yeah, it's not Clint's job. It's my job. So it's my fault. <laughs> but anyway, thanks, guys. We appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode where you can talk or go home. So you were supposed to ask me about my shirt. Oh gosh, yeah, you, yeah. You look like a you look like a gray blueberry. Well, there's, <laughs> there's a reason for that because it's a, not my shirt. That's okay though. You've never been one to to, to shy away to shy from, away from yeah. your physique. That's okay though. Yeah, big gray blueberry. You're you're gonna be like the one in the Charlie and Chocolate Factory. That kid. <laughs> I don't I don't know what you're gonna milk out of me, but hey, we'll go with it. <laughs>